Hey, this is Bryce. And I'm Ella. And today we are going to be talking about heroes and a very particular breed of heroes. What and kind of heroes? And to divine heroes, we will uh, talk about uh, those who are brave, those who go out of their way to help others, <clears throat> and uh, usually in war, but not always. Uh, today we're going to talk about a type of heroes that went a little above and beyond. Uh, we will be talking about people from uh, a group of Danish boys, uh, teenage boys, who engaged in guerrilla warfare to a the most highly decorated uh, female bomber squadron uh, who used out-of-date planes during World War II and anything in between. I am just going to side note, um, we are dog-sitting currently, so if you hear a dog um, bark or move, it's because we're dog-sitting. Yes, uh, we got three Dobermans who are... Uh, the cutest babies ever. Yes. Uh, we will first talk talk about the most decorated woman in all of history. Uh, Savik, I could not pronounce her name, but I'll try my best. Her first name, uh, Miluka uh, Savik, a Serbian woman, uh, was born in June, 20, June 24th, 1890 in Serbia. Uh, as the war raged in the Balkans in 1912, a, uh, as a Slavic, her little brother, uh, who re was received? Who received call-up papers for service during the war? Was sick with tuberculosis, and she chose to go in his place. She cut her hair and donned men's clothing, and was soon promoted to co corporal at the Battle of Bregelis. Um, poor pronunciation. I apologize. A lot of these documents were also in in uh, Slavic languages, and I did have to translate a lot of this. Um, that goes for a couple different things. I did have to try to translate it or uh, find websites that were in our language or were in English. Um, so I do apologize about some pronunciations. Uh, she was wounded four times before she had a wound in her chest. Her chest wound would be her downfall where her secret was discovered. Where was her other wounds at? I'm not sure. Like I said, a lot of these, there's not a lot of information on this, there's there there probably is a lot more that I could find. Yeah. Just with the research I did, I was unable to find a lot. Gotcha. And the ones I did find were all it's like Serbia.com, of course Wikipedia, and a lot of other websites from Serbia mm -hmm. or the Balt. Can't really trust Wikipedia sometimes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, she was wounded. Uh, which her secret was discovered when she was wounded in the chest. Uh, after this incident, she would go on to say. But just as is my luck, the bullet went right into my chest. Uh, she was allowed to stay in the fight due to her being one of the best soldiers they had. Um, she would then enter the Great War as a female combatant, stating to the Duke, Duke, I want a rifle. Her goal uh, during this and her uh, goal through most of her uh, war efforts, to, uh, she did fight in three wars, the first Bal Balkan War, the second Balkan War, and then the Great War. Um... So she wanted to join the Iron Regiment, which was the most elite 2nd Infantry Regiment. After the war, uh, after the Great War, and her feats uh, fighting in the Great War, the French President Charles de Gaulle uh, offered her to move to France and offered her a, pen a French pension and apartment and to be a Knight of the Legion of Honor. She would have been only one of, one of few women with this honor, Instead, she chose to go back to Serbia to the home that she defended in three separate wars. 
She was still awarded the French Legion of Honor and the French Croix de Gru, de Grey, I apologize once again for pronunciation, uh, with the gold palm as well as 12 other medals. She's still to this day the most decorated female soldier. She may not seem that crazy of a hero, but this is the 1910s we're talking about. Uh, she fought better than any man around her and was well-respected by those around her. Well, yeah, she was shot four times. And... Wait, was this the person that we just talked about? Mm-hmm. Did that band that you listened to do a song about her? Or was uh, that someone else? Sabaton, yes. Sabaton did do a, a song called Lady of the Dark. Okay, so that's... Because I've heard those details kind of sort of sounded familiar from mm-hmm. what you were telling me, but I didn't know if it was another person or if it was that person. Uh, there were a couple of uh, Sabaton. Sabaton have written a lot of songs. They're really good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh... You like another one called The Night Witches or something? Yes, yes. And, um, so next, the, uh, like I said, she may not seem that crazy, but again, it's the 1910s. Women were not exactly treated as well as they are now. Uh, and that's pretty crazy to go, uh, go fight for, for your brother in a war that was, uh, three wars back to back, but one war for her brother. Uh, so he didn't have to go to war. Um, uh, was he sick? Yes, he was sick with tuberculosis, but they still would have required him to serve. Really? Yes. Why? Uh, because they needed everybody they could have. It was the Balkan War. It was a. Uh, have you heard me say the word Balkanize? No. So Balkanize is a term that was given to the region of the Balkans due to its many times of deciding to fracture into a bunch of many countries mm-hmm. and then fight. And this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Currently, it, the Balkans are technically Balkanized. Currently, though they are not at war, uh, you have Serbia, Croatia, uh, Bosnia. Uh, I'm trying to remember all of them. Some of them are considered uh, Balkan countries. Some of them aren't. Like sometimes you'll see uh, Northern Macedonia considered Balkan territory, but it's sometimes you won't. Um, but there's uh, several countries in it uh, in the Balkans. So they were they would have had him go into war, even though he had a very contagious yes. disease that would have killed off most of his people. Well, uh, I mean, you got to think about this. This is the 1910s uh, during trench warfare where most people, whether they got sick or not, were probably going to die. Yeah, I mean. So, you know, an extra guy with a gun, maybe he only lasts a couple weeks. I mean, you know. That's the, but is he still going to spread his disease to other people? And those guys are probably going to only last a couple weeks anyway. That's still messed up, though. Yeah, well, this I mean, is, I'm... Glad that she came up and yes, and told uh, people like, "No, I'm gonna." Fight. Well, she didn't tell anyone. Actually, she actually did it without telling anyone. Oh, so did she like do pull a Mulan? Mulan? Yes, okay. she pulled a Mulan. That's kind of cool, though. So she was the Mulan of of the Balkans. Yes, the Mulan of the Balkans. I guess you could call her. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So, did she dress as her brother? She dressed up in men's clothes. Yes. Okay, that's cool. Um. Now, uh, the next group we'll talk about is, oh, well, the first group, we'll, this is the first group of the next uh, crazy heroes we'll talk about is the Churchill Club. The Churchill Club was a uh, group that consisted of 14 to 17-year-old boys. Uh, the boys who started the club were, again, apologize for pronunciation, this was mostly in uh, uh, Denmark, uh, Dutch sources, sorry, sources, and so I had to do uh, some... This one was a little more well-known and a little bit more easy, easier to find. The Dutch websites that I used had uh, English translations already. It's just uh, the Dutch names and uh, the Nordic names, I guess you could call it, 
are a little bit more harder, uh, a little harder for me to pronounce. Uh, there's Kund and Eric Blue Peterson, uh, which that last name may be pronounced wrong. It just looks like a Peterson to me. Uh, the boys started the club due to frustration that the adults were not doing anything about the occupation during World War II. The boys would engage in sabotage against the German army. The group carried out 25 main minor actions, including arson, vandalism, and weapons theft. The boys would be uh, later quoted for not using the weapons, but they said every weapon that they took is a weapon the Germans could not use. So what did, why did they start this? Because the adults wouldn't, weren't doing anything. People were just going, well, the Germans occupy us. It is what it is. Oh. Um, the boys uh, would then be arrested in May of 1942. Mm-hmm. The boys would escape 19 times before the German authorities finally caught them. So before this, the Din- uh, Denmark authorities, or Danish authorities, I believe Danish, I hope that's right, mm-hmm. uh, would... Uh, <laughs> arrest them, and then take them into custody, and then they would escape back out. Mm -hmm. The German authorities then caught them, and the German authorities would then be the ones who gave them their sentences. Uh, The the oldest would get, uh, the oldest children get more about three years. The younger they got, the less they got. Though the 14-year-old that was a part of the club did not get a sentence. He was let go. Because he was so young? Yes. Okay. Um, what did you just spend to like juvie? Uh, this is uh, I don't I don't even know how the legal how their uh, systems worked over there during the nineteen thirties um, and forties. Okay. But uh, then later on, after the war, they would actually be visited by Churchill, the man who they named their club after. Like Winston. Churchill? Winston Churchill, oh. yes. There's another. I didn't know if there was someone else named it. There is another man named it, oh. and um, we will talk about him in another episode because of his feats. He definitely deserves his own episode. Um, the next one. Hey, sorry about that. We had to cut. Ella's having some allergies, so uh, she had to sneeze a little bit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so back to uh, the Franz Tillinger uh, story on December twentieth. Uh, 1943, Stillinger would meet a B-4, B-17 bomber nicknamed the Ye Old Pub, and its American pilot, Charles Brown. This would be their first and not their final meeting. Stillinger had shot down two B-17s earlier that day, and he soon caught up to a wounded B-17 flown by Brown. So he shot down two planes? Already. Holy moly. So this was uh, earlier in the day. Uh, lining up to finish the bomber and shoot it, uh, shoot it down, he noticed the tail gunner never moved the guns. Upon further investigation of the plane, he saw two large holes in the fuselage and a frantic crew tried to save the lives of their fellow airmen and decided not to fire. Stillinger quote, uh, is quoted as saying, and for me, it would have been the same as shooting down a parachute. Refer, uh, in a reference to a statement by his commander and mentor, Gustav Rodel, if I hear one of you shooting a man in a parachute, I'll shoot you myself. Stillinger motioned to Brown to land his plane in neutral Sweden because of its extensive damage. However, Brown did not understand and decided to keep flying towards England. Stillinger, escort, Stillinger ex, escorted the B-17 and its crew to nor, the North Sea 
coast, protecting it from German anti-aircraft gunners who recognized the silhouette of his BF-109 and held fire. Once they were over water, Stillinger saluted Brown and then left to return it to his base. Now, while this, uh, this is not the end of the story, I would like to say, while this may not seem crazy, if he would have been caught, he would have been killed. And, uh, the German army would have uh, executed him for not shooting down. Not only that, he was, Franz Dillinger was only one bomber away from getting the Iron Cross, a very distinguished honor during then for the German army. Mm-hmm. In the aftermath of this incident, Stillinger, of course, never spoke of the incident as he could have been court-martialed and executed. Brown told his commanding officers who chose, chose to kept the incident secret years later in 1990. Brown searched for the German officer who left, let them live that day. Eventually, the two pilots, along with the pub's crew, met face-to-face half a century later. Between 1990 and 2008, Brown and Sundler became close friends and remained so until their deaths within several months of each other in 2008. What did they die from? I'm guessing old age. Oh, okay. But it was like broken heart and syndrome, like what some couples get. Like it, it, did, so it did seem like that because it was within several months of each okay. other. So, and then the last story we will talk about today, unless I decide to talk about more is going to be the all-woman regiment, the Night Witches. Ah, we talked about it earlier. Yes. Uh, Seriously, y'all should go check out Sapatonga. They make some really good history. Rock? Uh, North metal, metal, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty cool. Uh, the all-woman 588th Night Bomber Regiment, a regiment so feared by the Germans of World War II that any German who shot down one would be given an iron cross. The women of the 588th were given out outdated planes and men's uniform. These women did not let this slow them down, however. They made the biplane's weakness its strengths. Due to the plane's maximum speed being the stall speed of any other plane of that time, the women were able to ironically outmaneuver any plane at that time. Uh, this also became helpful by allowing them to be able to glide into their attack to their targets with the engines off, which is how they got their name. Uh, they would have their engines off and glide into the target to bo- drop bombs. And the Germans, all they would hear would be the swishing, kind of sounding like a broom sweeping. And this is where From the, the Ger- plane or the bomb? The plane. Okay. Before bombs were dropped. Um, this would uh, give them their name, uh, the Night Witches. Mm-hmm. The planes were too small to be detected on radar, and these uh, the planes were also too small, uh, didn't have enough thrust to actually take off if they had a radio. So the women were unable to communicate with this. They would use flashlights, rollers, uh, pen and paper to actually determine longitude, latitude, their course, um, and do all the navigation. So these are some smart people. Yes. Um, the women would also, of course, only fly at night. Uh, the planes had to fly low due to them being made out of wood and canvas and having a slow, uh, or a low thrust. Mm-hmm. They would only have two bombs, one on each wing, and they had to fly low and very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, How close would the to the ground would they be? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't see any information about that though. They're probably that probably is out there. I just did not uh, see that when I was looking. Okay. Um, the women, uh, like I said, would only fly at night, and they could be taken down if a single tracer round 
hit one of these planes, the planes would go up in flames. Mm-hmm. Um, hit a single what? A tracer round. So a tracer round is a round that has a phosphorus coating on the bullet, so it actually looked like you could trace it. You could see where it went. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that phosphorus would actually catch the plane on fire because the planes were made of canvas and wood. Yeah. Um, these women would uh, would fly thirty thousand or thirty thousand missions, totaling in about eight hundred missions per pilot and navigator. Holy moly! During the during the war, during the Second World War, they would lose thirty female pilots, and the mother of the movement, Rosa Roskova, Roskova, sorry. Uh, who died in January of 1943 when she was sent to the front lines and her plane never made it. She was given the first state funeral of World War II, her ashes being buried at the Kremlin. They were the most decorated decorated Air Force unit in the Soviet Air Force. After the war, the regiment would be disbanded and they would not be allowed to fly in the victory, pla- victory parade. Why? Uh, official records stated that their planes were too slow. Um, though that could be taken either way. Uh, so that is our stories for crazy heroes of war. Uh, we do have, I did have some others I did want to talk about, but I decided they had so much information that I would like make them their own episodes, including the unkillable soldier, the most decorated man. Do you have a favorite one? Like a favorite hero? Uh, I would say the uh, most decorated soldier, um, or the unkillable, the you know the unkillable soldier was a good one. He fought in I think five separate wars, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly: World War One, World War Two, and then some other wars that I'm not sure. Adrian uh, Carton, he was uh, the unkillable soldier, uh, and then Audie Murphy, the uh, most decorated soldier. Okay. Hey, but they have so much history with them that I would like to make them their own episodes. And I also didn't want to talk too much about the Night Witches because I did have a lot more information on them. Uh, and I wanted to give them their own episode later on. Oh, okay. And I was some say other. You could talk about it because I would like to know. And I, but like, if you're going to make a whole episode yeah, about it, Yeah, my plan was to make a whole episode about them. Yeah, because those, those ladies are badass. Yes. They are. But uh, that is our episode for Crazy Heroes of War. Uh, thank you for listening, and if you have, uh, if you could leave a review, we would really appreciate it. And go follow Instagram at you learn something new. And you can email us at you learn something new podcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions of what you would like to hear us do. All right, y'all have a good day. Bye.